I love Southern California. I think it's the greatest place in all the world. And when you drive down Pacific Coast Highway, if you go during the sunset, it's beautiful. And I was having a, a rough day a couple weeks ago, and I was stressed out. And nothing was going right, nothing was going my way. And I was overwhelmed. You've been there before. You've had those days when you're just, you can't, there's nothing, everything is outside of your control. You're worried. And I was having a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. And as I'm driving down Pacific Coast Highway, the sun is setting and it's beautiful, but I have nothing to be thankful for, just a bad attitude. And I look over, as you pass Bolsa Chica, there's the bird sanctuary. And you see these people out here wearing these silly hats and they've got their vests on. I don't know if these are snack pouches or what are these, what are you putting in those things? And you turn, you know, you look over and you're like, what are they doing out there? And uh, they've got the binoculars out and, well, let me get mine, hold on. And they're just looking through and they're, I'm like, what are they doing out there? You know how you judge people when you don't really get them? I'm just judging them so hard. I'm like, why are they so happy? And I'm so miserable. And what is, you know, I've never seen a bird watcher that doesn't have a smile on their face. They're just, just standing there. I'm like, you know, the birds can see you. Like, this is not very camouflage. It's, anyway, <laughs> they were doing something that really checked my heart. They were doing a biblically prescribed thing to do, bird watching. I've titled this message Bird Watchers because that's really what Christians are supposed to be. Jesus talked about bird watching in Matthew chapter six. And so if you have your Bibles, we're gonna open up to the book of Matthew and the New Testament chapter six, Jesus's famous sermon. The greatest teacher to ever live is about to preach his greatest sermon in Matthew chapter six, the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount is a bunch of teachings back to back to back on a hillside. And here's what Jesus says in Matthew chapter six, starting in verse 25. But before we read the scripture, I need to set the, the tone of what Jesus is talking about. He's, he's talking to worried people, stressed out, overwhelmed, just nothing's going right, worried about the future. And here he comes in hot with Matthew chapter six, verse 25. And I don't know if this is true or not, but there might have been a song in the background as the birds were calling and you know the seagulls, they're at the Sea of Galilee, so the seagulls are going and here the song is as I read this scripture to just help me set the mood and the tone. I didn't know that this song, okay, sorry, I'm gonna read the Bible eventually, but um, it, this song is called Three Little Birds. I thought it was called Don't Worry my entire life. Don't worry, be happy. It's called Three Little Birds. And I said, this is perfect for what we're about to read. Okay, Matthew chapter six, verse 25 through 26. Therefore, I tell you, Jesus says, do not worry about your life. And people are just, what do you mean? Stressed out. What will you eat or drink or about your body? What you will wear? Is not life more than food? and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air as they're flying above them. They don't need to sow or reap or store away in barns. In other words, they're not worried about all this stuff that you're worried about. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. 
Are you not much more valuable than they? Jesus says, don't worry. Your heavenly father takes care of the birds. He will certainly take care of you. You know that birds are lower than we are on the totem pole. We are the crown of God's creation, the Bible says. We're at the top of the top. We're the thing he cares about most. And so I've titled this message Bird Watchers and I've, I can't do it anymore. I've got to take the hat off. I'm already a, a goon, as they say. And so I, I just can't do it anymore. But anyway, the title of the sermon today is Bird Watchers as we're in the second part of this series, Bless Your Stress. And I want to talk about worry. I've never seen, it, seen an angry bird watcher, like I said. They're just, you know, in nature and enjoying God's presence and not a whole lot to worry about. In fact, when you even say the word worry, it's kind of like worry. You can't even say it with a smile on your face. It's just an automatic whining tone. The word worry comes from two Greek words. It means to divide, and the other words means the mind. So when you worry, you have a divided mind. When I worry, it's different than concern. I think that you can be concerned about things as you should be. You, could, you should be concerned about you know, showing up to work on time. I think that what I'm preaching on today is like, hey, don't worry. Don't even go to work tomorrow. God's got you. And no, that's ridiculous. You should be concerned about things in life. But worry is different. Worry is to have a divided mind. It's, it's to try to control things that are outside of your control. And the Apostle Paul, he was like the greatest Christian to ever live, even though he killed them before he had this amazing experience, transformational experience on the road to Damascus. And he went from a Christian killer to now a church planter. And he's writing to one of the churches in Philippi. In the book of Philippians, chapter four, verse six through seven, many of you know this verse by heart. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Anxious for nothing, he says. Worry is anxiety's best friend. Worry and anxiety are two peas in a pod. We, we live in a world that's like where people are now claiming it and calling it my anxiety. Like, would you just stop claiming it? It's not yours, okay? It's maybe you deal with it, but don't claim it anymore. Like, you don't have to have it. You don't have to live with it. We, I just read an article this week that said the most affluent country in the world, which is the United States of America still, is the most worry-filled country in the world. We have the most and we're the most worried. Congratulations, America, we're number one. <laughs> number one again, except we don't wanna be number one in this area. Worry essentially is a control issue. It's trying to control the uncontrollable. We can't control the economy, so we worry about the economy. We can't control our kids, so we worry about our kids. We can't control the future, so of course we worry about the future. But worry never solves anything, does it? It's stewing without doing. Worry is taking things from the future and bringing them into today, and that's what I was doing on Pacific Coast Highway, driving by, watching the bird watchers with a, you know, wow, look at these people, just bird watching, doing the biblically prescribed thing to do. 2,000 years ago, Jesus is preaching the Sermon on the Mount, and he's at the Sea of Galilee, and he's preaching on the same thing I'm preaching on today, and still nothing's changed, worry, people filled with anxiousness, 
And I like to point out though that Jesus didn't talk about concern, he talked about worry. And so there's a difference between being concerned and being worried. And concern leads you to action. Concern leads to action, it's a good thing, but worry leaves you paralyzed. When you're concerned about something, as you should be, it leads you to action. I need to be concerned about living for the Lord. You should be concerned about that. I need to be concerned if you're married about your marriage. You should be concerned about your marriage. If you have kids, you, you should be concerned about the, your loved ones. We are at times concerned about certain situations, but worry is futuristic. Worry is like way out there. Worry is an anxiety and anxiousness and angst over things we can't control. Concern focuses on today. Today has enough worries in itself. Concern focuses on today, but worry focuses on future problems. And we play the what if game. I play it all the time. Well, what if? What if this happens? Or what if this doesn't fall apart? Or what if this doesn't work out? Worry is a joy and a dream killer. Researchers say that only 2% of the things that we actually worry about will actually happen, only 2%. So out of all the things that you're worried about right now, research shows that only 2% of what you're worried about will actually happen. That's a very small chance that what you're worried about is actually gonna happen. So with the time that remains, I just wanna point out very quickly, it's gonna be the shortest sermon in your life, so don't worry (laughs) about getting out of here on time. Four lessons about worry. Number one is this. Worry is worthless. It is absolutely worthless. Again, when Jesus was preaching this Sermon on the Mountain, Matthew chapter six, uh, Hillary and I have been to this place in Israel and it's, by, it's on a hillside by the Sea of Galilee and it's a lot like Southern California weather. And you have a perfect setting where Jesus didn't have to use a microphone. There are hundreds and hundreds of people on this hillside and you can hear a pin drop when the wind isn't blowing. The acoustics on this hillside are just amazing. So people can be whispering 50 feet away, you can hear their whispers. So as people are silent and on the edge of their seats of what Jesus is teaching, and they're really interested because he's talking about something that they're dealing with, this issue of worry and things and possessions and anxious about the future and what if, Matthew chapter six, verse 19, he says, do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And when Jesus said this, some of the people just buckled in fear because they probably said to themselves a lot like what you're thinking, I wanna get on board with that, but that's a little bit scary. And I've observed over the 13 years that I've been preaching that whenever we challenge people to change treasures or relax your grip on time, talent, and treasures and be more open and available to the purposes of God, most people say, okay, I'm all in, I wanna do that. But then by the time the sermon's about to come to close and we're about to walk out these doors, the week begins and a little voice creeps back into your mind and says, now wait a minute, dummy. If you relax your grip on earthly treasures, you might lose everything someday. And if you give a generous portion of your time and your talent and treasure to the purposes of God in this world, you might run out. And then who's gonna bail you out when you have nothing left? So you do what they do in The Hobbit, with that character named Schmeagel, who says, my precious. (laughs) 
time, talent, and treasures. Uh, okay, I'm a, I'm a nerd, okay, I get it. But Jesus says, relax your grip on those things. I care about the birds, don't I? I'll take care of you. you and, and besides, you're more than just a body. Jesus, of course, isn't diminishing the importance of a physical body and our physical needs. In fact, he says, look, if God has gone to such enormous work to create you and love you and redeem your inner person, your soul, then wouldn't it make sense for him not to neglect your outer person as well? He's not gonna deny you all of your physical needs of what you're gonna eat, drink, or shelter and clothing. Those things are small potatoes compared to the price he had to pay to redeem your soul. And so Jesus is saying, it's not gonna la- if it's not gonna last, don't worry about it. To worry about something that you can't change is just silly. It's dumb. To worry about something that you can't change is useless. It is worthless. Worry is worthless. Number two, worry is a matter of perspective. We get a new perspective when we read the Sermon on the Mount about worry. We, in fact, we get a bird's eye view because Jesus talks about the birds in Matthew chapter 6, verse 26 again. He says, look at the birds of the air. You just imagine the people look up and there are the seagulls flying and they have everything they need. They don't reap or sow or store away in barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they are? What is he talking about? He's saying, yeah, be concerned about your body because it's a temple of the Holy Spirit. Another part of the Bible tells us that our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit. As Christians, we should really take care of everything that God gives us, and that includes our bodies. Feed it well, give it good stuff, take care of yourself, but don't obsess over it. Like all the people in the gym with the cameras out who are just obsessed looking in the mirror. I mean, you don't need to be there for two hours. It doesn't take that long to get a workout. It, one hour of that is you looking at yourself. You know, it's just like, that's what Jesus is talking about. You are obsessed. Don't worry about fashion and material things that wither away. Don't worry about finances. You can be concerned about those things. Yes, take care of yourself. Go work out. You should. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. You should be concerned about what you're letting into your, oh, be careful little eyes what you see, and oh, be careful little ears what you hear. Oh, be careful little mind what you think. Oh, be careful what, how you manage in your schedule and all these things. You should be concerned about, but don't worry about it what you have to eat. We need food and we need to take care of our bodies, but and stay in rel- take care of the way that you dress. Like, I'm not saying like, don't worry, just dress sloppy and you know, Netflix and chill all day and everything's gonna be, no, it's not gonna be okay for you. You're gonna become a couch potato, but don't worry about getting older and getting wrinkles. It's gonna happen. You can't control it, okay? Your clothes are gonna go out of style. But if you just keep wearing them for 30 more years, they will eventually be back. You'll be like the cool kid. You'll be, you'll be like hip before everyone else says it is cool. The moment you drive your car off the dealership lot, it's no longer new and the value goes down immediately. I know it stinks, but don't worry about that stuff. Jesus says, concern yourself with things that will last for eternity. And what lasts for eternity? Well, people and God. Those are the only things that will last forever. And so worry is taking things from the future and bringing them into today. And Jesus says again in Matthew chapter six, verse 34, therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day 
has enough trouble on its own. My kids don't worry about whether or not the electric bill is gonna get paid. I don't even think they know how this stuff happens. They just know that, I don't know, my dad's got it. He's gonna take care of it. <laughs> they don't worry about what they're gonna eat. They've never missed a meal. Uh, I have, I'm, I'm blessed to say I've never missed a meal. I've never, in all my 35 years of life, I've never, I know some of you can tell I've been gaining a little bit of weight, but I've never met, missed a meal. And you know, our Heavenly Father wants us to feel the same way about Him. We can trust Him. He's got a good track re record to take care of His kids. And so worry is a matter of perspective. Worry is worthless. And number three, the third reason we don't need to worry is because worry doesn't change anything. It doesn't change one single thing. In Matthew chapter six, verse 27, Jesus asked this question to the people by the Sea of Galilee. He says, can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And then I feel like he just waits. I'll wait. And no one responds with, yes, you can. I've worried my whole life and it adds so much time. No, it doesn't add a single hour to your life. You know, when we worry about a problem, it doesn't bring you one inch closer to the solution. I've heard it said, this is a great little saying. Worry is like rocking in a rocking chair. A lot of activity, but you're going nowhere. You're just sitting in the same place, stewing and brewing without doing. Worry doesn't change anything except you. It just makes you miserable, which was me on PCH, driving with this bad attitude about how nothing's going right and I can't control it and this is, ah! And I'm looking at the bird watchers who are just standing in the sunlight as the sun is setting and watching the birds. And ah, that's what we've been called to be. Bird watchers. God's got me. He takes care of the birds. Surely he'll take care of me. I'm the crown jewel. The Bible says this again. Jesus continues. I'll read you the whole story. And I just need the three little birds song one more time, if you would. We got to go back to get the scene right, okay? Let's read the whole thing now. Matthew chapter six, verse 20. How are you all having a good day in church today? All right. I'm having a good day in church today. God is good. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, Jesus says, not even Solomon, the wisest man to ever live, the richest man to ever live, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. Wow. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith. Ooh, ouch. So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. Who are pagans? Pagans are not Christians. Pagans are people of the world. People who think worldly thoughts, who care only about worldly things, like how much more can I get and how much can I have and gotta go after this shiny new thing. And again, they don't trust in God. Their trust is in themselves, which is why they're so worried and anxious about things because their trust is in themselves. And that is a horrible place to be. When you, when you have all of your trust in you and you let yourself down, oh my goodness, but God will never let you down. He's faithful, for the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them, and then here's the verse that really does it for me. 
but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all those things will be given to you as well. So you're telling me, Lord, that if I seek God first, all this other stuff that I'm always worried about is just gonna take care of itself? Yep, put God first and everything else is gonna be all right. That's the story, that's the teaching, that's the principle. And the order matters. As I read this verse, I realize that the order of our lives really matters. Some of you are praying for breakthrough in your life. We've been in 21 days of prayer and fasting. We're on week two. And some of you are praying for miracles. You're praying for breakthrough. And I know many of you are praying for those things and you have the right order. You're praying to the breakthrough-er who is God and he's first place. Some people, though, want all the things that the breakthrough-er does, but they don't want the breakthrough-er. They're like, God, I want all these things, but you're last. I, don't, I want you last. I want all the things that you can give me, all the benefits, but I don't want a relationship with you. I don't want you telling me what to do. I just want you to fix this. And there is an order. Jesus said, seek first his kingdom. That means God first, everything else comes secondary. And I'm gonna say some things that are gonna be hardcore and that's my job. (laughs) And so in our family, we have baseball coming up. We have two boys. We have one who is three years old starting T-ball. His his helmet is bigger than his body. It's it's cute, as my wife says. I don't even, I'm like, he shouldn't be playing baseball. He can't even run with this thing, you know? And my wife's like, it's cute. And I'm like, so we're playing baseball because it's cute. Now my other son is starting pony baseball where it's actual kids pitching into each other now, which is, that's cool. And I think they're gonna have some games on Sunday and we won't be there because we'll be in God's house because it's God first and then everything else second. I, I'm, not, I'm not asking you to clap for me. I'm just saying the scripture is clear. I want all of our coaches to know that the best kid on their team will not be at games on Sunday because he'll be in God's house because he is first and everything else comes second. All right, that's seek first. and it. It takes action. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all the other things is gonna be all right. Because God doesn't do second place. He's a first place God. And God says, I've got a way to rid yourself of worry, to put me first and everything will be added to you. The Bible says this in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse seven, let him have all your worries and cares for he is always thinking about you and watching everything that concerns you. Wow, God cares about every detail of my life. He cares about every concern. Yeah, he cares about your concerns. So let him have it. Lay it on him. Nothing's too hard for God. He's a big God. And number four, really worry is just a lack of trust in God. When I worry, it's me saying, God, I just don't trust you right now. (laughs) I don't trust that you've got my best interest in mind. I don't know if you really know God. What I'm really feeling right now is what I say to God when I worry. You know, the only thing that doesn't trust God are people. It's the only thing in his, all of his creation that doesn't trust him completely. Everything else trusts God. Everything that he made trusts him. We're the only ones, human beings, that does not trust God at all times. But God can't even break a promise. He's a promise keeper. Matthew 6, verse 30, Jesus says, and if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. 
why do you have so little faith? You've heard it said, it's that old Christian cliche, I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. That's a great line, and it's true. I don't know what the future holds, but I know God has got me in the palm of his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. The Lord holds the future, and it is a fantastic future. As long as you are seeking him first and his righteousness, he's gonna, he's gonna make sure everything else, you have what you need. He's a sufficient God. And I guess to summarize it all up, I, I would just say this today, that worry is about the future. And those of us who are in Christ really shouldn't worry about the future. If you are a Christian in this room, we don't need to worry because the only thing that is gonna last forever are, is your soul and God. And for those of us that are Christians who have bowed our knee and received Christ Jesus into our heart, well, we get to spend eternity in God's presence where there's gonna be no more weeping, no more, there, not even any more tears are allowed. <laughs> it's gonna be joy in God's presence and we're gonna enjoy meals together. Imagine the meals that your favorite meal on earth, imagine what it's gonna taste like in heaven. He's gonna make all things new. Yeah. Okay, I love the golf claps. I always make fun of you for that. So if you get really excited, just let them know that thankful God. Okay, uh, there we go, all right. Okay, here's one to get really excited about. For those of you that are bald, you're gonna have a new head of hair. He's gonna make all things new. All of your achy, breaky bones and your achy, breaky heart. Come on now, new ankles, new knees, new elbows. My, my son who has a heart defect, he's got a leaky mitral valve, he'll have a new heart. Praise the Lord for that, that's awesome. Uh, here are some more serious things now, some more serious things right now. There's no, there'll be no more, no more pain and sorrow in heaven in God's presence. So why worry about your life that is here today and gone tomorrow? The Bible says it's like a vapor. It's here and then it's gone. So what are you concerned about? We should be concerned about living our lives here on earth, knowing that all this stuff that we're so worried about is gonna be gone tomorrow. What matters are God and people and serving Him with your whole heart and not trying to figure everything out. I'm preaching to myself. Not being so frustrated because you're not where you thought you would be. Just trust God and walk with Him daily. And the Bible says that he will give us our daily bread. Everything that we need for today, He's got us as we trust in Him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Depend on Him in all your ways. Acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight and direct you. And so as we close today, I just wanna ask just a simple question as we read this final verse. Which side of the comma are you living on? Here's the verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse eight through nine. The Apostle Paul says about being Christians, believers, we are hard pressed on every side, comma, but not crushed. Which side of the comma are you living on? Perplexed, comma, but not in despair. Which side of the comma are you living on? Persecuted, comma, but not abandoned. Struck down, comma, but not destroyed. So I'll read you the verse this way. For Christians, we ought to read it like this. I'm not crushed even though I'm pressed on every side. God is faithful and he's gonna hold me and sustain me. 
Even though I might be perplexed, I'm not in despair. God, you've got everything that I need and I trust and rely on you. I'm not abandoned, Lord. You have not abandoned me. You are with me. Your word says it. Your name is Emmanuel, which means God with us. Your Holy Spirit lives inside of me. Wherever I go, there your presence is. I'm not struck down or destroyed. I'm victorious in Christ Jesus. I'm the head and not the tail. Never put a period where God just puts a comma. There's a troubled side and there's a trusting side. And so I pray today that we would leave our worry at the foot of the cross and we can take our concerns before the Lord and in prayer and petition with thanksgiving unto God, we make our requests known to him. Are you concerned about something? Okay, that's okay. Bring it to God and then leave it with him. He's a loving God who cares. Would you stand for closing prayer all across this place? With our heads up and our eyes open, I just wanna pray a prayer with those of you who maybe have not received Christ Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. And maybe you are here today and we, we do this every Sunday and every service, always give an opportunity for those that don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior to make him your leader and your Lord today. And that's what we're gonna do right now. And maybe you're here and you don't know the Lord and you're worried and I would understand why you would be worried because, well, you're not, you're not in right standing with God, but you can make a change today. You can ask him into your heart today. If you don't know where you're gonna spend eternity, you can be sure of that right now. You can be confident going out of here if you place your hope in Jesus Christ. And so I wanna pray a prayer with those of you who would say, I need, I need to ask Jesus Christ to be my, my savior and my redeemer. Maybe you're here and you're like, I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm lost without him and I would like to be made right with God. And if that's you right now, would you just put your hand up so I know who I'm praying with? God bless you, thank you. God bless you, thank you. God bless you, thank you. God bless you in the black, God bless you, thank you. Thank you, God bless you. Awesome. Here's how the prayer goes. You can pray with me, those of you that raised your hand with, with your heads bowed and eye closed now out of just the awesome moment and the greatest prayer you'll ever pray. Just say to God, I admit to you, Lord, that I'm a sinner and I've fallen short of your glorious standards. I believe, God, that you sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for my sins and rise again. And right now I ask you, Jesus Christ, to come into my life and I give you everything that I am and everything that I'll ever become. From this day forward, my life is not my own. I give it to you in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray for everyone else in this house today. Lord, that we'd be lighthearted today going out of this place, knowing that you know what we need. You know the desires of our heart. You know the thoughts of our mind and our concerns. And so we just hand them over to you right now because First Peter says, you care for us. All the, all the cares that we care for, Lord, you care. So we hand them over right now. I pray that we wouldn't be anxious for anything, but in everything, every time we feel worry rising up or things that are outside of our control, Lord, we release them quickly to you so that we'd be anxious for nothing. We make our requests known to you and everything we give thanks, God. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. If you receive Christ this morning and you prayed that prayer, would you, there's a card on your seat. If you prayed that prayer to receive Christ, there's a card on your seat. Would you check the box that says, I received Christ today and give it to our team in the lobby. We wanna make sure you have a Bible before you leave. Uh, we wanna make sure you get water baptized next month, the second Sunday of the month. And uh, 
Last thing I'll say is Wednesday night at 6.30, I hope you'll make it for our prayer and worship night. It's gonna be powerful. Love you all. God bless you. We're gonna leave this place singing.